You've already met my first guest, Mark Lowry. Mark is a, a singer, a songwriter, and a humorist. He's penned the Christmas classic, Mary Did You Know? And he's performed with the Grammy award-winning Gaither Vocal Band for many, many years. Mark is widely known for entertaining audiences around the world with his music and his unique storytelling abilities. Mark, how's it going? I'm well, Kirk. How are you doing? It's such an honor to meet you. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be talking with you. Mark, um, I have to ask you, you have a, a YouTube video that's called Interruptions, and it's got over a million views. And in it, you talk about God being in the middle of our life's interruptions. Where, where did you come up with this whole idea, and uh, what are you talking about? Well, I was having breakfast one morning with one of my brilliant friends. Her name is Gloria Gaither. And, uh, you know, she's penned all those incredible songs like Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow, mm, and The that. King Is Coming, and It Is Finished, and all. And she and her husband, Bill. Well, I always loved Breakfast with Gloria when I was with the vocal band. And she said one morning, she said, you know, it seems to me like God is in the interruptions of my life, and he is sometimes in my plans. And I started thinking about my life. I'll just give you the cliff notes. You know, I went home and started thinking, well, maybe mine, mine too. I was born. Yeah, that was the first one. I didn't ask to be born. But mama <laughs> met daddy and bada bing, bada bang. Here I am. I had ADHD before they knew how to abbreviate it. Uh, when I was a kid, it wasn't ADHD. It was B-R-A-T, you know, and and the thing is, mom and dad thought they knew how to raise kids because I have a perfect older brother. Then I show up and they don't try that again for nine years when my <laughs> sister showed up. And then, let's see, I've had tumor surgeries. I've had a thyroid tumor. I had a parotid gland tumor. Uh, those were interruptions. And Gloria talked about how when her son, Benji, was probably four, she was doing the dishes and Benji came up and tugged on her apron. Come, Mama, come. Come with me. Come right now. And, and she said, no, Benji, I've got to do these dishes. Oh, Mama, please come. You know, he was just begging her to come. And so finally she put down the dishes and followed her little four-year-old outside. And he said, look, Mama, look at the sunset. And she said, you know, how did she say it? I almost missed the sunset for some dishes. And to live in the moment... To, to look at those little children that are interrupting you, not as an, a, a nuisance, but as a side adventure, maybe. <laughs> you know, that, that God's up to something here, you know? I, I love that because so often we're frustrated by interruptions, whether it's distractions that come in, in the middle of our important work in the form of little kids or a health problem or a relational disaster. Mark, you mentioned quite a few things. You talked about health issues, uh, you talked about ADHD. You talked about these kinds of things that, that nobody asks for. How has Gloria's encouragement to you to see God in the interruptions helped you with some of those specifically? Oh, I, you know, I was doing it and really didn't even know it because every time I go through a van wreck, a tumor surgery, or a dysfunctional childhood, I look for the diamonds because I now know that those will turn into stories that I will tell on stage. But, you know, I was thinking about Jesus in interruptions. He had some, too. The woman with the issue of blood interrupted his journey and got healed. Uh, one day Jesus was preaching. We don't know what about, but they saw him through the roof. 
let a crippled guy interrupt him on his third point. Jesus saves him, heals him, and the interruption made the Bible and the sermon didn't. Here's God preaching and nobody took notes. I, but I the love interruption the lens through which you're 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 seeing all of this. This is fantastic. And so, and so interruptions are all through the Bible. Mark and God Mark, doesn't I'm, give us his Mark, plans ahead me, of time. Forgive me for interrupting you right now, <laughs> but I, I've got to ask, do you think that there is an important point to God interrupting our plans? I mean, do you think that in the providence of God, who knows all things, none of these things are actually interruptions to him, but they are to us. Do you think that there's an important point to that? Yes. He's the daddy. We're the kids. Let him worry about the mortgage. You know, I am a kid. I get to play in the house. I don't have to worry about things, how they work out. And I don't have to know where we're going. You know, I just get in the car and he drives. I mean, that's the way to look at life. And I think the key to that is learning to welcome change. I believe one of the keys to life, at least a peaceful life, a contented life, is to learn to not only endure it, but welcome it. And that's hard. That's hard. Think of somebody now who's got a, a diagnosis, a health diagnosis that is, uh, is not encouraging. How, how, what would you say to them to say God is in the middle of this interruption? H- how could this be a good thing? I, I wouldn't say it is a good thing, but I would say he works all things together for our good and according to his purpose. And I pray to God that I'll believe that if I ever have a bad doctor's report. And I've had some that were that were pretty bad, but none of them were malignant. And if you're going through that, you could teach me. I don't know that I could teach you anything, but I do believe that God is good. I believe he's good all the time. And like a song I wrote a long time ago, I don't know what a sinner you are, but I know what a savior he is. And I don't know where your feet have taken you, but his climbed Calvary's hill. I don't know what words you've spoken, but his words were, Father, forgive. I don't know what a sinner you are, but I know what a savior he is. And I've heard he can heal. Now, I'm Baptist. We didn't get a lot of that. But you Pentecostals, you you got all those miracles. We have to walk by faith. And that's enough for me, too. (laughs) Mark, I love that. I absolutely love that. And when I think of some of the the catastrophic interruptions in the scriptures, I think of what Mary must have thought of or the disciples must have thought of as a tragic interruption to the greatest rabbi ministry on the planet. Here's Jesus, three years into his public ministry. He is coming to set the captives free. He's healing the sick. He's giving sight to the blind. Yes. And then all of a sudden, there's this tragic interruption of, a, of an arrest, of an illegal trial, and the crucifixion of the Lord of glory. What an awful interruption. Oh, yes, hallelujah. Satan didn't even understand that there is no way to interrupt the redemptive plans of God. In fact, God uses, uses Jesus' death on the cross to destroy death and the power of hell. And so the Come very on. interruption is yes. turns out to be the very providential the plan of answer God. to the greatest problem we all have. Oh, my soul. And you know what? 
while they were worrying about everything, those three days that he was in the grave, he was in hell cleaning that out. You know, Peter says he went down to set the captives free. And, oh, my Lord, he was doing the work of God even when they were. It's never good to worry. You know, why? Why? Worry. Uh, they say, why pray when you can worry? I think I heard someone say. But, you know, because God's always up to something. Gloria Gaither said another brilliant thing. She said, God is up to something. It is eternal and it's for your good. Yes, it is. So Absolutely. even when you can't, what the old preachers say, when you can't trace his hand, trust his heart. That's right. That's right. I think it was Charles Spurgeon who said that when I cannot trace the hand of God in this circumstance, I can always trust his heart because I know he's working all things together for my good. And he's the blessed controller of all things. Yeah. You know, Mark, and he's my father and he's, he's my father. He's the most perfect father ever. You want to see the image of God? Look at a father that loves their children. There it is. It's a broken image, but it's the best we got. A healthy father who loves their children in a healthy way is the most perfect example. And for you to think you love your children more than God loves you, how rude is that? The only way you know how to love your children is because God's in you, right? That's right. I mean, God is love. I love, I love that. And interruptions have actually uh, been the very best things that have happened in my life. Uh, I think that, that if it weren't for God's interruptions, I wouldn't even be a Christian. I mean, I had no plans to come to faith in the Lord. I was perfectly happy as an atheist on the TV show Growing Growing Pains. And God interrupted my atheism when he presented the gospel to me uh, through a preacher at a church that I didn't even want to listen to. And then he granted me the gift of repentance and faith and eternal life. Uh, I had another interruption of my singleness when I met my beautiful wife who played my girlfriend on Growing Pains. And then all of a sudden, I chucked my, uh, my bachelor living la vida loca uh, out the window, and all I wanted was to be with my beautiful wife. And we've been together now for 30 years. So I thank God for interruptions. The difficult ones uh, that you've been talking about, he will work for our good. And then the things we're not looking for, we're not even asking for, may turn out to be the very best things that ever happened in our life. Don't you think that's well, true? Well, you might as well. Oh, yes. And while you're there, you might as well look for diamonds. I mean, you know, when I hit Shepherd Drive, I was on a motorcycle, went face first into Shepherd Drive near okay. my home without a helmet because in Texas, you don't have to wear your helmet because, you know, we don't care about our stupid people. And <laughs> I did not have my helmet on. Well, on the way down, I told myself two things. Don't go to sleep. Their car's coming. Don't take a nap. This is no time for that. And this is going to hurt. And I hit my head, but I, I came up and I was awake. I started taking notes. I have learned as a storyteller, especially, don't miss it. You're going through it. You might as well not miss it. Look for diamonds, you know. And then the, one of the uh, ambulance guys was uh, a Christian and recognized me and prayed for me and and I mean, just God was doing all kinds of things. And it's one of the funniest stories I've ever told. If you Google Mark Lowry motorcycle wreck, you can watch that. But I'm always looking for uh, for the diamonds because, look, we got 80, 90 years here. We're, we're not going to get to do this again. We'll have all of eternity 
to uh, experience what we've learned here. And we're walking by faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please Mm. God. And so you can't please him when you get home because your faith will be sight. So if you're going to please him, you got to do it here. Mm. I love that. That's right. We got to walk by faith, not by sight. And I'm, I'm thinking of the person who may be watching right now and thinking, but the goodness and the love of God uh, shouldn't express itself in the kind of interruptions that I am experiencing right now. These are too difficult. These are too hard. Let me say to you that, that I have a, a wise pastor that once said to me, often we, we try to make life line up like a mathematics problem, you know, A plus B equals C, when really we need to be looking at it as a narrative, as a story. Imagine the very best stories have plot twists that you were never expecting. There's, there's often a bad guy in the story and tragedy that happens, but that's what makes the story so compelling. Yes. And the key is we know the author. The author of yes. the story knows what he's doing. So you may be in a nail-biting chapter oh of the book right now, but... Yeah. You have to remember that the author knows where he's going in your story. And by the time you close the book on the last page, you're going to say, wow, that was an epic story. And I'm so glad yes. I hung in there and was faithful to play my role well. Mark, I'm so excited to continue talking with you. Up next, we're going to talk about a very popular plot twist in Scripture. And you mentioned it just a moment ago. This is Mary's story. We're going to talk with Mark about what she knew and what she may not have known as soon as we come back. Hey, we're back with Mark Lowry. And and Mark, uh, we were just talking about how the very best of stories, whether it's the Lord of the Rings or whether it's Star Wars, there's always a Darth Vader. There's always a Sauron. There's always against all odds. The the underdog is is gonna have to go through the the valley of the shadow of death if this is gonna be a really a hero movie. And you were just saying something to me during the commercial break that uh, if you went to the movies and it had no drama, Talk about that. You'd want your money back. You know, I went through a tornado on a houseboat, and that's another story that I tell, but I'll just tell you, it was scary. The next morning, all my friends at the boat dock, they'd all been through this before. They were all laughing, having a good time. I come down the next morning still shaking, and I see them laughing, and I think, well, I would have enjoyed that too had I known I was going to live through it. And I bet you when we get to heaven, we're going to look back over our lives and say, I'd enjoyed that so much more had I really believed I was going to live through it. Yeah. And no matter what we're going through, we're going to live through this. So we might as well enjoy the trip. That's right. Mark, I love that you're a storyteller, and that's what makes you such a great songwriter. So you wrote the song, Mary, Did You Know? It's one of my very favorite songs. I can't imagine... Uh, how you must feel after 30 years of Mary Did You Know being sung all over the world by everybody. And, and the lyrics in, those, in, in, in that song are so great. Mary, did you know that the little boy that you delivered would one day deliver you? What inspired you to write that song? Well, I wrote the lyric. Buddy Green wrote the music, and I want to make that clear. I, I don't write music. I figure if you can't read music, you shouldn't write it. And I don't read it. So, But I... Uh, was asked to write the Christmas tree production for my church in 1984. And being very young, I was 26, and not knowing that I couldn't, I said I would. And 
I wrote a monologue uh, to go between a couple of songs that was the germ of this because the child that you delivered would one day on a cross deliver her was in the monologue that I wrote. And the, ch the child that you do, uh, the baby, uh, when she kissed her little baby, she wasn't just kissing another child. She was kissing the face of God. And I remember wow. those standing out to me. And so once this whole musical thing was over for my church, I went back and revisited that and thought, if I could sit down with Mary and ask her uh, over a cup of coffee what it was like raising God. What was it like changing God's diapers? What was it like having Jehovah nurse at your breast? What was it like teaching the word of God to talk? I mean, most of the questions I have for Mary didn't make the song because they didn't rhyme. I had a lot of questions for Mary. You know, uh, what was it like being his little brothers, following him through school? Uh, did she ever make him turn the music down? Did she ever say, I can't have anything nice to you kids are grown? Did she ever say, <laughs> uh, clean up this mess. Were you born in a barn? I mean, we don't know. And what, what was it like between this in the silent years between 12 and 30? I would love to ask her what kind of teenager was he, you know, uh, and good night. God's in the house. Why didn't someone keep a journal? And, did he perform miracles around the house? And if he didn't, how did she know he could? Because the next time we see him after 12 years of age, he's 30. He knows he's the Messiah. She knows he's the Messiah. And he's still living at home. She's ready for him to go Messiah. That's what we have here. She walks up and said they've run out of wine. Well, I mean, she didn't say, hey, you're going to turn water into wine. All she said, hey, they've run out of wine. I think that's, that's right. why she did it because he, but then he looks at her and says, woman, well, let's stop there for a minute. If you're going to call your mama woman, you better be God. But he said, woman, what have I to do with thee? It's not my time, which proves he did not know everything. He, he, he even said, I don't know when I'm coming back. I'm only my father and John Hagee know they're the only ones. No, um, no, but anyway, so uh, there are things he didn't know. He set aside. Uh, and But Mama evidently did know because his first recorded miracle was just to keep the party going, was turning water into wine. And then Baptist quickly turned it into grape juice. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Mark, I'm sorry. It's hard to even hold the conversation because you're making me laugh so much. Oh my goodness, this is, <clears throat> this is absolutely fantastic. What has been the impact? Have you heard stories uh, of how your song, Mary Did You Know, uh, has not only been successful, but really impacted people in their life? Well, I hope that it has made them think about Jesus because the song really isn't about Mary, it's about the baby um, and what he will do. And now looking back, what he has done and I've heard from a lot of newborn mothers uh, when they're holding their baby and hearing that song, it, it touches them. But I, uh, I don't have any stories that just stick out. But I'm so grateful, you know, because like I said earlier, I've not done this twice. This, I'm a one-hit wonder, and this is it. I tell everybody in my concerts, I end with this song because when you have one hit, you better end with it. You know, and I only have one. <laughs> and it's Mary, did you know? But I'm telling you, 
if the Lord set me down and said, Mark, you can leave one thing behind, because I don't have children, you can leave one thing behind, I would have chosen that song because I believe it. I believe it with all my heart that God came for us and he wrapped himself in flesh and he walked amongst us and he showed us how to love and who to love, which is everybody. And he then died for us and then he rose again from the dead. And if you believe that, you are saved. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, it's, of course it's important that he died. He asked us to remember his death. He never asked us to remember his birth, but he asked us to remember his death until he comes. But I want to tell you, he rose again. The death is important, but it got him to the resurrection, which is what saves us That's if right. we believe it. That's right. You know, my wife likes to say that uh, Mary was a Christian in such a unique way in that we talk today about those who follow Christ have Christ in them, right? The hope of glory. And Jesus says, if, if you abide in me and I, my word abides in you, Christ in me is really what it's all about. That's what it means to be born again. And Mary literally had Christ in her. And, and, oh. and what it must have been like to be this young girl. She was the first her. one to carry the gospel. She carried the gospel you know? incarnate. Yeah. And for yes. her plans to be interrupted as a young girl who was wanting to honor God with her life, she was blessed by God, and all of a sudden she has her, her reputation is on the line. Uh, she's now pregnant. This is by all appearances an illegitimate child. She's facing potential divorce from, from Joseph. And yet God works all of this together, not only for her good, not only for Joseph's good, uh, not only for Jesus's good, but for your good and for mine yeah. and for everybody who's watching us for all time. Wow. Yeah, I know. God is in crazy. the interruptions. He is, and he is crazy about us. Anybody who'd love you enough to die for you is on your side. He is pulling for you. You know, he's the hound of heaven is on your trail. That's why you're watching this. You know, uh, I, I really believe the Lord can send people to, to TV channels or YouTube channels or Facebook pages because I, I am on there all the time with my little show called Just Whenever and we sing the old hymns. But I see them coming in and they're saying, I needed this today. You know, you can be a blessing even in your, if you're like me you're 63 or older, you could start your own Facebook page, share your wisdom, sing your songs. You don't have to be good. I'm not as good as I used to be, but I ain't dead yet. So I think we need to keep going, keep loving Jesus. He may end up giving you a song. I'm working on Joseph, did you know? Joseph, did you know? And Jesus, <laughs> we know you knew. I'm working on those, you know. <laughs> Jesus, we know, we know that you knew. Speaking of Mary, did you know, Mark has a, a brand new Christmas special called Mark Lowry's Simply Christmas, celebrating 30 years of Mary, did you know. It's going to be airing December 24th at 8 p.m. and December 25th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on TBN. Mark, this has been yeah. so great to talk with you. Thanks for all of the humor. Thanks for your stories. Thanks for being with us. 